Did you know that as of 2020 there are 5.25 trillion pieces of plastic in our ocean? Not a day goes by without an alarming story or report hitting our TV screens or the front pages of our newspapers. Hello and welcome to Taking the Leap by Social Alpha. I am Dhruv Pandey, your host. Taking the Leap is a podcast to showcase entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create economic growth, social justice and climate action through the power of market creating innovations. Today we are talking trash with Seher Mansoor, founder and CEO of Bear Necessities. Seher has been a recipient of Google India's Inspiring Indian of the Year in 2017, NDTV's Swachh Warrior and many more awards. Having been an environmentalist since she was a little girl, to prodding her dean at Cambridge University to introduce a new course on environmental planning, to spending hours with waste pickers from rural West Bengal, her love for nature has now transpired into a full-blown zero-waste venture. Sahar calls herself an accidental entrepreneur, but she's an icon for thousands of millennials who are demanding products and services that are environment-friendly, sourced and produced sustainably, and can eventually reduce the planet's carbon footprint. Welcome to the podcast, Sahar. Thank you so much for having me, Dhruv, and thank you so much for that generous introduction. So, sir, my first question to you will be: Waste is such a nuanced problem. If you tell us, if you look at waste from multiple perspectives, it's sometimes as considered a segregation problem, sometimes considered a collection problem, sometimes considered as a recycling or a waste-to-value problem, um, and sometimes considered as a stakeholder aspect, which has waste pickers at the center of the universe. So, when you think of trash what is the most disheartening part of it that you would be looking to solve yeah great question dhruv to be honest i wasn't looking to solve anything um i was working at a social solar energy enterprise called psycho foundation um and i very much loved my job there i was working with various underserved communities um and helping kind of provide energy access but one community that really stuck a chord with me and has a very very special place in my heart is this waste picker community that i worked with um they're super close to this beautiful new bangalore international airport that we do have but yet have so little you know living in blue top homes informal housing communities and didn't have access to energy and that's how i first met them but uh you know through this process i kind of understood about our waste problem from a very much ground up perspective um which was so so different and refreshing from other things i had done previously because i think honestly my knowledge about environmental issues was extremely bookish very academic almost elitist um you know coming you know studying about it from cambridge and uh, my undergraduate studies etc so this is something that really really kind of changed my perspective and made me learn things um in a way that i hadn't thought of or comprehended before and uh, you know what struck me the most honestly with our waste problem at that time was the social justice issues associated with our waste problem because um you know this community they essentially were segregating broken glass sanitary napkins absolutely everything with their bare naked hand and what i did was i would follow them on my cycle actually from like 5 to 9 am in the morning um and just kind of understand the roots they're taking how they're collecting how much do they get for 1 kg of um coconut you know just little things like that and 
what I noticed was my friend, now I've obviously gotten pretty close to this community while we're working on the solar lights project. And I realized that some of them have lost fingers while kind of segregating all of this waste because there was a broken glass that was not properly disposed. Um, you know, and also I was just thinking maybe my now friend Rehman could be possibly collecting the sanitary napkin that I wore just a few days back. And um, it just humanized this issue for me. Um, put away my textbook perspective and just kind of understood from a very, very ground up human level. And that's what really kind of moved something in me. And I thought to myself that I just don't want to be part of this problem. And for me, the best solution or the best way I knew how to be part of the solution was to reduce my own waste and stop contributing to this large global garbage crisis. Yeah, and this, this brings me to my first uh, kind of impression and interaction with you, uh, which was in the founder's pitch at the Social Alpha office, where you walked in in a room of 50 people with a small glass jar full of waste. And you said that this waste, this jar contains all the waste that I have generated over the last four years. And that's like a mic drop moment for me. So what, what really constitutes this zero waste lifestyle? Because for a lay person like me, it seems even completely unfathomable that a person can have four years of waste in one small jar. So, so what, what is a, a zero waste lifestyle? Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, it can sound pretty crazy, the concept of zero waste. It can sound pretty intimidating. Um, but in a nutshell, honestly, it's just a philosophy that and, um, you know, basically that means that we're trying to produce little waste as possible that will ultimately land up in the oceans, the landfills or the incinerators. Um, honestly, this also opens up so many issues again about social justice issues, because if you notice um, where are incinerators? They're often in low-income home communities. Uh, whether it is in India or in America, it's probably near the uh, poor Latino neighborhood or the African-American neighborhood. Um, you know, over here, it's in poorer neighborhoods. I mean, so the, it's very layered. Um, and I don't know, it, I just didn't like the way it says a lot about our values, right? Are we saying that someone else's air and water is less valuable than others. Um, so basically this lifestyle that I am um, trying to live, which is a zero waste lifestyle, is one that basically supports community health. It supports justice. It talks about going back to our roots. It supports local economy. Um, and it's one that's pretty aspirational, but one that is super introspective and minimal. And I feel like I'm leading my best life, moving to a more low impact lifestyle. Quite commendable. Um, so India is a very, very visual country, and uh, it's not like all of us don't see the problems. Like if if you just open your eyes and go in a small Uber ride from one place to another, you will be able to see um, slums struggling with waste, society struggling with waste. Uh, so and that's the difference between a, a normal person and an entrepreneur. That an entrepreneur actually takes notices it and creates an actual opportunity around it. So let's come to how you came to make bare necessities. So what exactly is bare necessities and how did you build it from scratch? Like what were the initial parts of this journey? How did you discover that this can actually become a viable business proposition? And uh, 
then just go ahead into the stories of the first products that you made yeah sure um my gosh i haven't uh, thought about this story in a long time actually um but you know um at the time like i said i was working at the uh, selco foundation and uh, i was living this life for very personal reasons and it was actually my colleagues who noticed uh, that when we go out for nadi pani after lunch i try and avoid the plastic straw uh, you know uh, when we go out and suppose there is guava on the way and sure to carry my cloth bag and to find it from somewhere from little corner i pull it out of some bag and um they said hey what are you doing you know and slowly conversation started and i said you know i don't want to i'm trying to just reduce my waste slowly i started getting a stainless steel straw for my nadi pani and it was just it kind of snowballed um so they really encouraged me to do a little talk and workshop at selco foundation and that was my very first one um and then my boss adrita at the time uh, introduced me to her best friend who was organizing the kishmandis so that's how i met laila and um, so every month i started doing one little talk and workshop in which i would teach people one new recipe that i learned so i would try in my mom's kitchen over the weeks leading up to the mandi and then finally i would teach them go with my little mixing bowls and the raw materials um for anyone who is honestly willing to listen want to talk about uh, you know consuming more mindfully about our waste problem um i was honestly just trying to share and have conversations with the little things that i learned and kind kind of gain perspective from what other people were thinking um and it was really fun it was honestly a process of co-creation every month it was exciting i would come up with a new recipe people would also kind of look forward to the table and then would, you know would give us honest feedback you know that deodorant didn't quite work for me that bath salt it worked after a long day of running behind my kids and just soaking uh, my feet was lovely so just kind of getting that uh, feedback from the first cohort of customers uh, was something that was really really special and basically after 9 months i basically had my first ever nine products which was very exciting um even then it was just a side fun project um but what happened was it was my friend anisha's birthday and i kind of just went with all my little bottles um to the art gallery to give her a little birthday gift and her boss um namukini who who owns kinkini um saw all these little bottles and my bamboo toothbrush and what not and said hey can you get two bags of all of these products i want to take some samples so i said sure you know i ran back home you if you take any opportunity you can on your early days so rush back home pack two little bags uh, went back and gave it to her and her business partner and um, she was saying hey you know i'm starting an organic grocery store and we want to also have a few personal care products there uh, would you mind white labeling for us under happy healthy me labels and at the time i said yeah definitely cuz uh, you know it basically allowed me to test all of the hypotheses i had um willingness to pay how often will people run out of a product um repeat customers pricing it just basically allowed me to um get all of these um you know answers to all of these questions that i had been hypothesizing and uh, at the time i hadn't thought about brand name logo nothing so this was actually a really great proposition um i also loved my full time job um i was very happy to kind of uh, have a backpack a couple of kurtas my bamboo toothbrush and be transported to any kind of rural village in karnataka uh, working with farmers to solarize their agri equipment you know public health centers and solarizing that um schools and whatnot so i you know this was just the perfect kind of proposition this was my fun side hustle um and 
I would just, she would kind of once a month place an order. Uh, it was great upfront payments um, that, you know, all entrepreneurs love, uh, which also really allowed me the initial investment to eventually start bare necessities. Um, so that's kind of how it all began. Um, and super, super grateful to Namu for giving me my first break. Yeah, kudos, kudos to your friends who really encouraged you. And I know these irritating friends um, sometimes help you or go or their advice goes a long way or their egging even goes a long way. You keep uh, repeating the fact about um, how the wisdom of our ancestors actually holds us in a long or, or went a long way into you discovering uh, the kind of products that can be there, the kind of practices that we used to have. And uh, this also is coming from the kind of rants my, I keep hearing from my mother about uh, the world now coming to rediscover these things. And there's been a lot of mainstreaming of these things. So uh, how did you come to formulate your products? What is the philosophy of doing more and better with less that you have at Bare Necessities? So that's a great question. You know, we use all sorts of amazing Indian ingredients um, such as turmeric, which has gotten so, so popular, honestly, in the West. And they call themselves like the golden lattes and whatnot. Um, we use cinnamon. We use um, lavender that's sourced from Kashmir. We use rose petals, uh, coffee from Karnataka. Um, so, you know, a lot of our products have this nostalgia about things that we used to use growing up or what our nani's, tatis, eyes and ajis used to use, but also kind of bring a sense of pride with all of these amazing Indian ingredients. Um, in terms of product formulation and design and product design, I think we try and embody um, a lot of um, integrity in our design, you know, and really kind of think about the entire life cycle of products and as far as possible, trying to incorporate circular economy principles into it. Um, you know, for example, we use bamboo, which is the fastest growing plant in the world. It takes only three weeks to grow completely full size. So we use that for our straws and our toothbrushes. Um, we try and use, you know, lots of parts of the coconut. So we use coconut oil in our toothpaste, but we also use it, um, you know, the coconut shells in our coconut bowls. We use the fiber and the husk for making the coconut scrubbies to wash your dishes. So um, the process, that, you know, the design process at Necessities is something that is um, quite intuitive to our Indian kind of heritage. And we wanted to make products that really celebrate the sense of pride um, and just celebrate India in whatever way we can through our consumption choices. So you are part of an industry that typically is extremely competitive and you have huge companies with enormous marketing budgets that are rolling products overnight that have huge amount of marketing budgets around it, which can create consumer recall. So how do you go about building something that is not just a brand, but a way of life? and selling that as a concept to people? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, honestly, I think if there is one industry that needs a lot of innovation, I would say it's the FMCG industry. They've been, I think, largely haven't seen any innovation in the past 30 years. Um, and, you know, while I think the products made life very convenient for lots of us, um, allowed us to maybe even maybe allowed women to go out to work because made all of the packaged food so convenient and accessible. Um, so, you know, but I think now we know so much more about kind of the impacts of plastic and some of the ingredients that we use in a lot of our products that are commonly used. 
So I think it is time for us to retrospect and innovate. And um, I think, you know, at Pen Necessities, we're not selling products. I think we're selling a lifestyle and a way of life. Uh, we're kind of, you know, talking about thoughtful consumption. We're talking about building communities around ways. We do a bunch of talks and workshops at government schools, um, at Google's, at Microsoft's, but also, you know, at a yoga studio. So going zero waste isn't for just one person. I think it's not, um, you know, super granola or hippie or for tatis. It's, it's honestly for everyone. And I think we need to reimagine this industry and the way we consume because, um, you know, for example, like the CSR Act, we said 2% needs to be going towards all of these 11 aspects, right? I think what if we were just to have a rule that said, hey, 2% of all FMCG budgets um, need to go towards R&D of amazing sustainable packaging that is designed not to land up in our landfills and oceans. So I really think we need to rethink, re-engineer, redesign um, the current FMCG industry. And I think a lot, it's so, so encouraging to see um, you know, a bunch of conscious consumer brands um, out there building and having this pushback and reimagining you know, amazing products. Um, and all, honestly, the goal for Ben Necessities isn't to be the biggest like, you know, uh, product company in the world. I, I don't need to be like McDonald's everywhere or something. Um, the ultimate plan, like, goal is for less waste to be in our oceans and landfills. And I think that is our goal. Um, so, and that's our mission solved. So I'm really encouraged to see the mushrooming of other amazing brands who also embody sustainable principles. Yeah, I can see that the consumers of these products are, are quite interesting because uh, there's a lot of accountability that is being demanded, which has even forced the mainstream to kind of wake up and understand this reality that they will be the competition will price them out of the market or, or make them irrelevant in the market in this new consumer age. What is the general per persona of the bare necessities consumer? And I'd I'll also like to know from you about what is the trend in your pattern? Who buys it? Is it people outside of the cities also who's buying it? So who are these people who buy products from bare necessities? Yeah, um, I think this is a really great question. Um, we're seeing that it is the millennial consumption choices with their values. So it's been really interesting because I think our largest customer base and our largest social media following is between this age group actually of like 18 and like 35, for example. Um, it's primarily women who purchase our products. Um, and honestly, also women who are over the age of 50, who are perhaps, you know, nostalgic of the Rita and the Shikakai and the you know yellow gram and green gram that they used to use growing up. So that's what we're typically finding. Okay, so let's come to the accessibility part of this because uh, there are a lot of people who want to adopt this lifestyle but don't know how to adopt this lifestyle. Uh, and there is an interest amongst the community to look at waste, to look at ways to solve or contribute to the problem. So how are you, how is bare necessities making it easy and accessible for people to consciously lead the path towards zero waste? Yeah, definitely. So honestly, you know, um, in my zero waste journey, I found it quite disheartening and discouraging reading about climate action and climate change and what's going on in this space. And um, so for me, living a low impact lifestyle was a very tangible way to visualize my impact. 
And so what we want to do with Bear Necessities is create tangible solutions for people to see that they can be part of the solution. So, you know, the first thing you do all do when you wake up in the morning is presumably brush our teeth. So the bamboo toothbrush is that reminder of that, hey, every day in all of my lifestyle choices, I can use more sustainable products that won't land up in our oceans and landfills. So, you know, first vertical is really the product um, sector. So we have personal care, home care, lifestyle products that just make it easy and accessible for anyone else who wants to live a low impact or mindful lifestyle. So, you know, we have these uh, amazing little kits that have a stainless steel straw, a, you know, a spoke, which is a spoon and a fork, um, a bamboo toothbrush. It comes in a little pouch or a zipper and you can just put this in your glove compartment. You can put it in your backpack. You can keep on in your work bag. So the idea is that, you know, you don't have, you can just make zero waste the norm and not the exception. You can just make it your default choice. Um, so I think also, you know, at Bear Necessities, we're in the business of changing mindsets around sustainability. And one way that we do this is through our talks and workshops. It's really hands-on. We have a bunch of DIYs where we teach kids, young adults, um, you know, people at corporate offices, anyone who are willing to listen, anyone who want to engage um, in these very actionable steps of how they can also transition their lives into a more uh, zero-waste one. And actually, that kind of led us to develop this education vertical. Because often people would say, hey, can you come to Cochin and do this talk? Can you be in Delhi and do this talk? And it was just, um, you know, physically not possible to be so many places at once. And that's why we developed a zero waste course, which is amazing. It's got um, all the people that I love and admire and deeply respect from Pune, from Daily Dam to, you know, Fair Trade India, Ethical Fashion, Fashion Revolution India. So it, it's got basically everyone who's really inspired me in my environmental journey. Um, so it's got expert insights, it's got a DIY videos, it's got 100 plus resources, and it's a self-paced course. So you can spend four weeks to do it, or you can spend six weeks to do it. Totally up to you. So let's now go into the bankrolling aspect of the dream. And, uh, and this is not a conventional dream. This is a very intractable problem that you are looking to solve with social justice at the heart of it. A new consumer bracket, which people, which not an obvious consumer back bracket that people may even relate to. So, what was the journey about getting funding from investors all along the way? Now, there this this issue is becoming mainstream, but it's different about it's different about talking and actually committing to such an action. So, while there have been rumblings about Amazon committing to a 10 billion fund, industry leaders like Mr. Tata and Mr. Mahindra uh, committing towards sharing responsibilities of action towards climate goals. What was your kind of journey into this? What did you yeah. feel? What was the feeling you got from the investor community regarding this? Oh my God, it was so difficult. Um, you know, I basically started all these experiments in 2015. People didn't even know what zero waste was at the time. You know, I used to start my workshop with what zero waste was, but now I don't even need to do that because it's just become so mainstream. Um, but of course, I'd left my job in 2017. Um, and, you know, I thought I'm going to raise a round. Let's do this. Let's grow this business. And um, I was just a 24, 25 year old young single girl, uh, single founder who was trying to build this kind of crazy business. So no one took me seriously. Um, I faced so much rejection, you know, I honestly, I think I did so many pitches 
I also went to undergraduate in America. So uh, there's that, you know, the Shark Tank culture. A lot of my colleagues, uh, sorry, my classmates have been on Shark Tank um, because I went to school in Los Angeles. So, you know, that, that whole kind of American startup culture was something that I saw a lot, especially in California. And I thought it would be easy. You know, I thought, I, you know, I have the credentials. I know what I'm doing, uh, um, you know. So, yeah, it, it, but it just didn't work. And then I decided to just stop pitching and just concentrate and build my business. And that's exactly what we did. Um, and uh, when we least expected it, you know, we thought we were going for a workshop um, on sustainable consumption and you know, all of this stuff, um, organized, of course, by Social Alpha. And um, we were the first to go. Um, I had three new teammates. One of them, it was like her first day or second day or something. And we went and we gave our pitch. Um, and, uh, you know, we had been practicing the whole morning. We came all the to office and we went, all of that stuff. And um, Manoj, of course, the founder and CEO said, uh, you know, how much are you looking to raise? Uh, we'll do it. And I was, it was so unexpected. Um, it was definitely what, you know, didn't expect it at all. Um, I was completely lost of words. As you can tell, I still am. Um, it was something that was so reassuring. And um, in terms of philosophy and mindset, you know, impact investing is so different from just regular investing. And so many things that you basically just can't articulate on a spreadsheet is something that only impact investors can see. Um, so I think that was just insanely encouraging. And um, of course, uh, there were others uh, on the round who who were also on the panel at the time who joined the round. Uh, so individual investors who kind of uh, personally invested, who choose to be anonymous. Um, so I'm, but I'm sure you're grateful that kind of happened all accidentally and uh, not accidentally, but kind of happened in a way that, that I wasn't planning. You know, I didn't think we were going for a, a financial pitch at all. We thought we were just doing it for a workshop. Yeah, I think uh, that's the entire aim of um, this medium of trying to highlight or trying to bring out inspiring people and driven people like you. I think the entire mission of Social Alpha is also to identify and forward the journey or accelerate the journey of entrepreneurs who are creating um, solutions to real intractable complex problems and also support them with the resources which are cognizant of the challenges of the space and are not sticking with straight jacketed models that are taken from conventional startups and are actually looking at the problem and trying to design the solution according to the problem. Stay with the entrepreneur for the long time, support them in clearly implementing that vision. So, okay, so from that, let's come from the pitch, as you're saying, uh, at that point of time, you had even stopped pitching and then you've also received support. And when I look at your impact numbers, it, it's quite crazy. Um, you have sold more than 47,000 products. You've saved more than 29 million plastic units from going into our landfills. That's about 172,000 kg of plastic diverted from landfills. So will you talk us about some of your most popular products, sales, the impact that it's creating? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, we wanted to create amazing high quality products that are alternatives to mainstream products that are loaded with chemicals, packaged in plastic, um, using ingredients that most of us can't even pronounce. And we wanted to do all of this with an amazing women-run manufacturing team at the heart of it. So, um, you know, our women are, some of them have studied, finished school, some haven't. Um, they are all local women who, 
you know, have just so, so, so amazing. The women on the team, on the manufacturing team are just amazing. And, uh, you know, we wanted to create an enterprise that creates employment opportunities um, for women, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, we wanted to create these products that are completely alternatives to what's currently there mainstream. So if you have a plastic toothbrush, um, 300 you will use in your lifetime. They will take 700 years or 900 years to start, you know, disintegrating, but they will never fully do, just break up into tiny and tiny pieces of microplastics and that up in your food and water. So coming up with bamboo toothbrushes, coming up with lip balms using cocoa butter from Mason & Co., another kind of much-loved um, chocolate enterprise based out of Oroville. Uh, you know, mindfully kind of thinking about the lavender that we source from Kashmir in our bath salts. Um, a little starter kit for everything you need, a one-stop shop for everything you need to transition to a more low-impact lifestyle. Um, so, you know, that's this has kind of been a little bit of the products that we put together. Um, our soaps have been, of course, a big sell in the pandemic, as you can uh, imagine. Uh, but again, you know, there's a sense of nostalgia with them. There's one is just turmeric, one is anato, um, which is this red clove, and there's um, a basil rosemary and whatnot. So kind of just making sure we are sourcing ethically, we are designing these products, having this amazing woman on manufacturing team learn to make these products, but also upskilling them on the side. You know, that's really, really important uh, for us. So let's come to your future now. So what's brewing in your lab? What's in store for bare necessities in the next two, three years? Yeah, um, honestly, I think we just want to be a knowledge hub, a product hub for all amazing sustainable products that are just uh, alternatives to perhaps the chemically polluting ones um, and basically help reimagine a more cleaner, more just world, uh, creating amazing employment opportunity in, um, you know, in that process um, and just making sustainability fun. Uh, it doesn't need to be like a chore or something to do. It just needs to be embedded into uh, our DNA and our lifestyle. So that's what we want to do. A lot of new products coming up um, and a lot of new courses coming up. Um, you know, something that we just started is this really cute collapsible stainless steel uh, cup, which is perfect for you know, camping and people as they're starting to go and there may be their smaller local travels. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to see that we can be relevant and evolve with time and needs of everyone and hopefully serve whatever anyone needs at that time. So now where do you think the market opportunity of sustainable consumption products in India are? Like, Where do you think startups are going to emerge in this space? Which areas would you think will startups find interesting to explore as opportunities, viable opportunities? I think packaging is going to be one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, there are amazing trends of amazing startups in the West that are doing cool things with using um, seaweed as little uh, outer coverings or packaging for sauce sachets or ketchup sachets, um, you know, eliminating single-use plastic. Um, there are amazing companies using mycelium and hemp and mushrooms for making completely compostable packaging, which is an alternative to styrofoam. Uh, you know, I'm sure when you get your TVs and stuff, you get a lot of styrofoam, so then the electronic doesn't move. So this basically molds into whatever shape. Um, so I think paper tape, um, using recyclable cardboard, these are going to be huge, huge trends as we are living in this world with e-commerce being important. Um, I think packaging is just a byproduct of that. 
And um, we also seeing that consumers are getting fatigued with the amount of excessive packaging and uh, plastic. And it's just, this is an uproar of conscious consumption. So I think we're going to see a bunch of startups mushrooming in this space, which is so, so exciting. I, I just can't wait to see what happens. So coming to the fag end of the podcast, and this is kind of a takeaway segment. So a trait of great entrepreneurs is their love of feedback loops as it reinforces or accelerates their learning journey. So I would like you to give me three bits of it from your learning. So one advice you received, which you followed through that proved to be crucial. Oh, um, that's a really, really good question. Uh, when I was 17, I did an internship with uh, Mistri Architects. They're an environmental architecture firm in Bangalore run by Mr. Sharuk Mistri. And he gave me one piece of advice. He said, work your summers. And that's something that just really stuck with me. Um, I've, I've never taken a summer off, essentially. Um, you know, like I said, I have a single mom. So when I had the opportunity to go to school in America, I worked three jobs on campus. Um, I was lucky enough to have a full ride to Cambridge. Um, but essentially, you know, it, it literally spent every summer working. And that has been so, so integral, I think, to um, the person I have become or, you know, my thought process, everything has been molded a lot by the mentors I had along the way. Okay. One piece of advice you willingly, you willingly ignored that helped you, that helped you. Oh my God. You know, someone told me, um, uh, I was going to this one of these like mentor startup sessions um, and this person who is a very well-known startup entrepreneur, like mentor, uh, told me, you know, just be content and just don't don't look to raise money and stuff like that. Just be content making products in your mom's kitchen. Um, and I remember feeling so bad, um, you know, getting that advice and uh, so disheartened. And um, on that day, I think I, me and my post-its had um, a big brainstorm and, you know, we, I was just like, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to build something that this gentleman one day is going to say that um, I'm glad you built it. Okay. One piece of advice that you should have followed. Oh my God. I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> mm. My sisters often give me the best advice and, you know, I think they, and then they just kind of let me then decide. They just kind of lay it out there and then they let me decide. And sometimes I think I wish I just took the advice quicker because then I would have saved so much time and effort instead of going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing and then coming back and be like, oh, you were right. Um, so I wish I just listened to my big sisters more <laughs> because they often have given me the best advice. Okay, then finally, can you just share with our listeners where they can buy Bear Necessities products? Bearnecessities.in, our website, is the single best place to be. But of course, we're also accessible in a bunch of amazing stores across India. So feel free to check out where the closest store is located also on our website. Sure. I, listeners, the, there will be the link to Bear Necessities, Bear Necessities in, in the podcast page also. You can visit it there. Thank you so much, sir. It's been an uh, amazing episode and your journey, as uh, I say, is, is extremely inspiring. Uh, the hallmark of entrepreneurs is that they just don't sit back and see the problem. They actually go ahead and solve it. And they're not content with 
sitting and talking about it and your journey has really from the start from your days at cambridge uh, really designing your own major or uh, nudging your dean to make a major to your work with waste pickers to actually coming up with such an amazing concept which has now gained a lot of traction across the country as thousands of people following it wishing you all the best in your future scale up journey and thanks for coming to the podcast thank you so much dhruv thank you so much social alpha and the entire team um thank you so much for having me it's been so much fun